This is day 68 of our daily Bible reading. We will be completing 2 Kings chapters 23 through 25 and then 1 Chronicles chapters 1 and 2. Lord Heavenly Father, you are jealous for your own name. You are jealous for your people. Lord, may we be jealous the same way that you are for us with that zeal that you demand from us that we appear different in this world, that we are different. We recognize that and we do something about it. Lord, that help us not to blend in with this world, because if we blend in with this world, then we're no different from those that are lost. Lord, let us be light and salt today. And please transform our hearts to be more receptive to your word and to your instruction, that we may not resist it, that we may not fight against it. Please bless this time as we enter into your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Then the king sent, and they gathered to him all the elders of Judah and of Jerusalem. The king went up to the house of the Lord, and all the men of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem with him. And the priests and the prophets and all the people, both small and great, and he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which was found in the house of the Lord. The king stood by the pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul to carry out the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And all the people entered into the covenant. Then the king commanded Hilkiah, the high priest, and the priests of the second order, and the doorkeepers, to bring out of the temple of the Lord all the vessels that were made for Baal, for Asherah, and for all the hosts of heaven. And he burned them outside Jerusalem in the fields of the Kidron, and carried their ashes to Bethel. He did away with the idolatrous priests whom the kings of Judah had appointed to burn incense in the high places in the cities of Judah and in the surrounding area of Jerusalem. Also those who burnt incense to Baal, to the sun, and to the moon, and to the constellations, and to all the host of heaven. He brought out the Asherah from the house of the Lord outside Jerusalem to the brook Kidron, and burned it at the brook Kidron, and ground it to dust and threw its dust on the graves of the common people. He also broke down the houses of the male cult prostitutes, which were in the house of the Lord, where the women were weaving hangings for the Asherah. Then he brought all the priests from the cities of Judah, and defiled the high places where the priests had burned incense, from Geba to Beersheba. And he broke down the high places of the gates, which were at the entrance of the gate of Joshua, the governor of the city, which were on one's left at the city gate. Nevertheless, the priests of the high places did not go up to the altar of the Lord in Jerusalem, but they ate unleavened bread among their brothers. He also defiled Topheth, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom, that no man might make his son or his daughter pass through the fire for Molech. He did away with the horses which the kings of Judah had given to the sun at the entrance of the house of the Lord, 
by the chamber of Nathan Malek, the official, which was in the precincts. And he burned the chariots of the sun with fire. The altars which were on the roof, the upper chamber of Ahaz, which the kings of Judah had made, and the altars which Manasseh had made in the two courts of the house of the Lord, the king broke down, and he smashed them there and threw their dust into the brook Kidron. The high places which were before Jerusalem, which were on the right of the Mount of Destruction, which Solomon the king of Israel had built for Ashtoreth, the abomination of the Sidonians, and for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, and for Milcom, the abomination of the sons of Ammon, the king defiled. He broke in pieces the sacred pillars, and cut down the ashram, and filled their places with human bones. Furthermore, the altar that was at Bethel, and the high place which Jeroboam the son of Nebat, who made Israel sin, had made, even that altar and the high place he broke down. Then he demolished its stones, ground them to dust, and burned the Asherah. Now when Josiah turned, he saw the graves that were there on the mountain, and he sent and took the bones from the graves, and burned them on the altar, and defiled it, according to the word of the Lord, which the man of God proclaimed, who proclaimed these things. Then he said, What is this monument that I see? And the men of the city told him, It is the grave of the man of God, who came from Judah, and proclaimed these things which you have done against the altar of Bethel. He said, Let him alone. Let no one disturb his bones. So they left his bones undisturbed with the bones of the prophet who came from Samaria. Josiah also removed all the houses of the high places which were in the cities of Samaria, which the kings of Israel had made, provoking the Lord. And he did to them just as he had done in Bethel. All the priests of the high places who were there he slaughtered on the altars and burned human bones on them. Then he returned to Jerusalem. Then the king commanded all the people, saying, Celebrate the Passover to the Lord your God, as it is written in this book of the covenant. Surely such a Passover had not been celebrated from the days of the judges who judged Israel, nor in all the days of the kings of Israel and of the kings of Judah. But on the eighteenth year of King Josiah, this Passover was observed to the Lord in Jerusalem. Moreover, Josiah removed the mediums, and the spiritists, and the teraphim, and the idols, and all the abominations that were seen in the land of Judah and in Jerusalem, that he might confirm the words of the law which were written in the book that Hilkiah the priest found in the house of the Lord. Before him there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might, according to all the law of Moses, nor did any like him arise after him. However, the Lord did not turn from the fierceness of his great wrath with which his anger burned against Judah, because of all the provocations with which Manasseh had provoked him. The Lord said, I will remove Judah also from my sight, as I have removed Israel. 
and I will cast off Jerusalem, this city which I have chosen, and the temple of which I said, My name shall be there. Now the rest of the acts of Josiah and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? In his days, Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, went up to the king of Assyria, to the river Euphrates. And King Josiah went to meet him. And when Pharaoh Necho saw him, he killed him at Megiddo. His servants drove his body in a chariot from Megiddo and brought him to Jerusalem and buried him in his own tomb. Then the people of the land took Jehoahaz, the son of Josiah, and anointed him and made him king in place of his father. Jehoahaz was 23 years old when he became king, and he reigned three months in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Hamutal, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. He did evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his fathers had done. Pharaoh Necho imprisoned him at Riblah in the land of Hamath, that he might not reign in Jerusalem. And he imposed on the land a fine of one hundred talents of silver and a talent of gold. Pharaoh Necho made Eliakim, the son of Josiah, king in the place of Josiah his father, and he changed his name to Jehoiakim. But he took Jehoahaz away and brought him to Egypt, and he died there. So Jehoiakim gave the silver and gold to Pharaoh, but he taxed the land in order to give the money at the command of Pharaoh. He exacted the silver and gold from the people of the land, each according to his valuation, to give it to Pharaoh Necho. Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Zebeda, the daughter of Pediah of Rumah. He did evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his fathers had done. In his days, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up, and Jehoiakim became his servant for three years. Then he turned and rebelled against him. The Lord sent against him bands of Chaldeans, bands of Aramaeans, bands of Moabites, and bands of Ammonites. So he sent them against Judah to destroy it, according to the word of the Lord, which he had spoken through his servants, the prophets. Surely at the command of the Lord it came upon Judah, to remove them from his sight because of the sins of Manasseh, according to all that he had done, and also for the innocent blood which he shed. For he filled Jerusalem with innocent blood, and the Lord would not forgive. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoiakim and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? So Jehoiakim slept with his fathers, and Jehoiakim, his son, became king in his place. The king of Egypt did not come out of his land again, for the king of Babylon had taken all that belonged to the king of Egypt from the brook of Egypt to the river Euphrates. Jehoiakim was eighteen years old when he became king, and he reigned three months in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Nehushta, the daughter of Elnathan of Jerusalem. 
he did evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father had done. At that time the servants of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, went up to Jerusalem, and the city came under siege. And Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, came to the city, while his servants were besieging it. Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, went out to the king of Babylon, he and his mother and his servants and his captains and his officials. So the king of Babylon took him captive in the eighth year of his reign. He carried out from there all the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house, and cut in pieces all the vessels of gold which Solomon king of Israel had made in the temple of the Lord just as the Lord had said. Then he led away into exile all Jerusalem and all the captains and all the mighty men of valor, ten thousand captives, and all the craftsmen and the smiths. None remained except the poorest people of the land. So he led Jehoiakim away into exile to Babylon. Also the king's mother and the king's wives and his officials and the leading men of the land, he led away into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. All the men of valor, seven thousand, and the craftsmen and the smiths, one thousand, all strong and fit for war, and these the king of Babylon brought into exile to Babylon. Then the king of Babylon made his uncle Mataniah king in his place, and changed his name to Zedekiah. Zedekiah was twenty-one years old when he became king, and he reigned eleven years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Hamutal, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. He did evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that Jehoiakim had done. For through the anger of the Lord this came about in Jerusalem and Judah, until he cast them out from his presence. And Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. Now in the ninth year of his reign, on the tenth day of the tenth month, Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon came, he and all his army, against Jerusalem, camped against it, and built a siege wall all around it. So the city was under siege until the eleventh year of king Zedekiah. On the ninth day of the fourth month, the famine was so severe in the city that there was no food for the people of the land. Then the city was broken into, and all the men of war fled by night by way of the gate between the two walls besides the king's garden, though the Chaldeans were all around the city. And they went by way of the Arabah. But the army of the Chaldeans pursued the king and overtook him in the plains of Jericho, and all his army was scattered from him. Then they captured the king, and brought him to the king of Babylon at Riblah, and he passed sentence on him. They slaughtered the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes, then put out the eyes of Zedekiah, and bound him with bronze fetters, and brought him to Babylon. Now on the seventh day of the fifth month, which was the nineteenth year of King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, 
a servant of the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem. He burned the house of the Lord, the king's house, and all the houses of Jerusalem, even every great house he burned with fire. So all the army of the Chaldeans, who were with the captain of the guard, broke down the walls around Jerusalem. Then the rest of the people who were left in the city, and the deserters who had deserted to the king of Babylon, and the rest of the people, Nebuzaradan, a captain of the guard, carried away into exile. But the captain of the guard left some of the poorest of the land to be vine dressers and plowmen. Now the bronze pillars which were in the house of the Lord, and the stands and the bronze sea which were in the house of the Lord, the Chaldeans broke in pieces and carried the bronze to Babylon. They took away the pots, the shovels, the snuffers, the spoons, and all the bronze vessels which were used in temple service. The captain of the guard also took away the firepans and the basins, what was fine gold and what was fine silver. The two pillars, the one sea, and the stands which Solomon had made for the house of the Lord, the bronze of all these vessels were beyond weight. The height of one of the pillars was 18 cubits, and a bronze capital was on it. The height of the capital was 3 cubits, with a network and pomegranates on the capital all around, all of bronze. And the second pillar was like these with network. Then the captain of the guard took Sariah, the chief priest, and Zephaniah, the second priest, with the three officials of the temple. From the city he took one official who was overseer of the men of war, and five of the king's advisers who were found in the city, and the scribe of the captain of the army who mustered the people of the land, and sixty men of the people of the land who were found in the city. Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, took them and brought them to the king of Babylon at Riblah. Then the king of Babylon struck them down and put them to death at Riblah in the land of Hamath. So Judah was led away into exile from its land. Now as for the people who were left in the land of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon had left, he appointed Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, over them. When all the captains of the forces, they and their men, heard that the king of Babylon had appointed Gedaliah governor, they came to Gedaliah to Mizpah, namely Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, and Jehonan, the son of Kareah, and Sariah, the son of Tanhumeth, the Nehophatite, and Jeazaniah, the son of the Maacathite, they and their men. Gedaliah swore to them and their men, and said to them, do not be afraid of the servants of the Chaldeans. Live in the land and serve the king of Babylon, and it will be well with you. But it came about in the seventh month that Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, the son of Elishama, of the royal family, came with ten men and struck Gedaliah down, so that he died, along with the Jews and the Chaldeans who were with him at Mizpah. Then all the people, both small and great, 
and the captains of the forces arose and went to Egypt, for they were afraid of the Chaldeans. Now it came about in the thirty-seventh year of the exile of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, in the twelfth month, on the twenty-seventh day of the month, that evil Merodach, king of Babylon, in the year that he became king, released Jehoiakim, king of Judah, from prison. And he spoke kindly to him, and set his throne above the throne of the kings who were with him in Babylon. Jehoiakim changed his prison clothes and had his meals in the king's presence regularly all the days of his life. And for his allowance, a regular allowance was given him by the king, a portion for each day all the days of his life. Adam, Seth, Enosh, Canaan, Mahalalel, Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The sons of Japheth were Gomer, Magog, Madai, Javan, Tubal, Meshech, and Tiras. The sons of Gomer were Ashkenaz, Diphthath, and Togrimah. The sons of Javan were Elisha, Tarshish, Kittim, and Rodanim. The sons of Ham were Cush, Mizraim, Put, and Canaan. The sons of Cush were Saba, Havilah, Sabta, Reama, and Saptika. And the sons of Reama were Sheba and Dedan. Cush became the father of Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth. Mizraim became the father of the people of Lud, Anam, Lehab, Naphtu, Pathrus, Kaslu, from which the Philistines came, and Kaftor. Canaan became the father of Sidon, his firstborn, Heth, and the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, the Archites, the Sinites, the Arvidites, the Zemorites, and the Hamathites. The sons of Shem were Elam, Ashur, Arphaxad, Lud, Aram, Uz, Hul, Gether, and Meshech. Arphaxad became the father of Shelah, and Shelah became the father of Eber. Two sons were born of Eber. The name of the one was Peleg, for in his days the earth was divided, and his brother's name was Joktan. Joktan became the father of Almadad, Shelef, Hazarmaveth, Jerah, Hadoram, Uzal, Dikla, Ebal, Abimael, Sheba, Ophir, Havilah, and Jobab. All these were the sons of Joktan. Shem, Arphaxad, Shelah, Eber, Peleg, Ru, Sarug, Nehor, Terah, Abram, that is, Abraham. The sons of Abraham were Isaac and Ishmael. These are their genealogies. The firstborn of Ishmael was Nebaioth, then Kedar, Adbeel, Midsam, Mishma, Duma, Masa, Hadad, Temah, Jetur, Nafish, and Kedemah. These were the sons of Ishmael. 
The sons of Keturah, Abraham's concubine, whom she bore, were Zimron, Jokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. And the sons of Jokshan were Sheba and Dedan. The sons of Midian were Ephah, Ephur, Hanak, Abida, and Eldeah. All these were the sons of Keturah. Abraham became the father of Isaac. The sons of Isaac were Esau and Israel. The sons of Esau were Eliphaz, Ruel, Jush, Jalam, and Korah. The sons of Eliphaz were Taman, Omar, Zephi, Gatam, Kenaz, Timnah, and Amalek. The sons of Ruel were Nahath, Zerah, Shammah, and Mizah. The sons of Seir were Lotan, Shobal, Zibion, Anah, Deshan, Ezer, and Deshan. The sons of Lotan were Hori and Homam, and Lotan's sister was Timnah. The sons of Shobal were Alion, Manahath, Ebal, Shephi, and Onam. And the sons of Zibion were Aya and Anna. The sons of Anna was Deshan. And the sons of Deshan were Hamran, Eshban, Ithran, and Cheran. The sons of Ezer were Bilhan, Zeavan, and Jeachan. The sons of Deshan were Uz and Aran. Now these are the kings who reigned in the land of Edom before any king of the sons of Israel reigned. Bela was the son of Beor, and the name of his city was Dinhabah. When Bela died, Jobab, the son of Zerah of Bozrah, became king in his place. When Jobab died, Husham of the land of the Temanites became king in his place. When Husham died, Hadad, the son of Bedad, who defeated Midian in the field of Moab, became king in his place, and the name of his city was Avith. When Hadad died, Samla of Masrakah became king in his place. When Samla died, Shaul of Rehoboth by the river became king in his place. When Shaul died, Baalhanan, the son of Akbor, became king in his place. When Baalhanan died, Hadad became king in his place, and the name of his city was Pi. And his wife's name was Mehetabel, the daughter of Matred, the daughter of Mezabab. Then Hadad died. Now the chiefs of Edom were Chief Timnah, Chief Aliah, the Chief Jeheth, Chief Aholibama, Chief Elah, Chief Penan, Chief Kenaz, Chief Taman, Chief Mibzar, Chief Mabdiel, Chief Iram. These are the chiefs of Edom. These are the sons of Israel, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Dan, Joseph, Benjamin, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. The sons of Judah were Ur, Onan, and Shelah. These three were born to him by Bathshua the Canaanitess. 
and Ur, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the sight of the Lord, so he put him to death. Thamar, his daughter-in-law, bore him Perez and Zerah. Judah had five sons in all. The sons of Perez were Hezron and Hamul. The sons of Zerah were Zimri, Ethan, Heman, Kalkol, and Dara, five of them in all. The son of Carmi was Akar, the troubler of Israel, who violated the ban. The son of Ethan was Azariah. Now the sons of Hezron, who were born to him, were Jeremiel, Ram, and Chelubai. Ram became the father of Amminadab, and Amminadab became the father of Nashan, leader of the sons of Judah. Nashan became the father of Salma, Salma became the father of Boaz. Boaz became the father of Obed, and Obed became the father of Jesse. And Jesse became the father of Eliab, his firstborn, then Abinadab the second, Shemiah the third, Nethanel the fourth, Radai the fifth, Ozem the sixth, David the seventh. And their sisters were Zeruiah and Abigail. And the three sons of Zeruiah were Abishai, Joab, and Hasael. Abigail bore Amasa, and the father of Amasa was Jether the Ishmaelite. Now Caleb, the son of Hezron, had sons by Azubah, his wife, and by Jerioth, and these were her sons, Jeshur, Shobab, and Ardon. When Azubah died, Caleb married Ephrath, who bore him Hur. Hur became the father of Uri, and Uri became the father of Bezalel. Afterward, Hezron went in to the daughter of Machir, the father of Gilead, whom he married when he was sixty years old, and she bore him Segub. Segub became the father of Jair, who had twenty-three cities in the land of Gilead. But Geshur and Aram took the towns of Jair from them, with Kenath and its villages, even sixty cities. All these were the sons of Machir, the father of Gilead. After the death of Hezron in Caleb Ephrathah, Abijah, Hezron's wife, bore him Ashur, the father of Tekoa. Now the sons of Jeremiel, the firstborn of Hezron, were Ram, the firstborn, then Buna, Oren, Ozem, and Ahijah. Jeremiel had another wife, whose name was Atara, who was the father of Onam. The sons of Ram, the firstborn of Jeremiel, were Meaz, Jamin, and Eker. The sons of Onam were Shammai and Jada. And the sons of Shammai were Nadab and Abishur. The name of Abishur's wife was Abihel, and she bore him Aban and Molid. The sons of Nadab were Seled and Apaim, and Seled died without sons. The son of Apaim was Ishi, and the son of Ishi was Shashan, and the son of Shashan was Alai. The sons of Jada, the son of Shammai, were Jether and Jonathan, and Jether died without sons. The sons of Jonathan were Peleth and Zaza. 
These were the sons of Jeremiel. Now Shashan had no sons, only daughters. And Shashan had an Egyptian servant whose name was Jara. Shashan gave his daughter to Jara, his servant, in marriage, and she bore him Atai. Atai became the father of Nathan, and Nathan became the father of Zabad, and Zabad became the father of Ephthal, and Ephthal became the father of Obed, and Obed became the father of Jehu, and Jehu became the father of Azariah, and Azariah became the father of Helez, and Helez became the father of Elisa, and Eliasa became the father of Sismai, and Sismai became the father of Shalom, and Shalom became the father of Jechamiah, and Jechamiah became the father of Elishama. Now the sons of Caleb, the brother of Jeremiel, were Misha his firstborn, who was the father of Ziph, and his son was Merishah, the father of Hebron. The sons of Hebron were Korah, and Tapuam, and Rechem, and Shemah. Shemah became the father of Raham, the father of Jorkim, and Rechem became the father of Shammai. The son of Shammai was Maon, and Maon was the father of Bethzur. Ephah, Caleb's concubine, bore Haran, Moza, and Gazez and Haran became the father of Gazez. The son of Jadai were Regem, Jotham, Geshan, Pelet, Ephah, and Sheaf. Meaka, Caleb's concubine, bore Sheber and Tirhanah. She also bore Sheaf, the father of Madmanah, Shavah, the father of Machbenah, and the father of Gibeah, and the daughter of Caleb was Aksa. These were the sons of Caleb. The sons of Hur, the firstborn of Ephrathah, were Shobal, the father of Kiriath-Jerim, Salma, the father of Bethlehem, and Haref, the father of Beth-Gadur. Shobal, the father of Kiriath-Jerim, had sons. Haroah, half of the Manahathites, and the family of Kiriath-Jerim, the Ithrites, the Puthites, the Shumathites, and the Mizraites. From these came the Zorathites and the Eshtilites. The sons of Salma were Bethlehem and the Natophathites, Atroth Beth Joab, and half of the Manahathites, the Zorites. The families of scribes who lived at Jabez were the Tirathites, the Shimeathites, and the Sukkites. Those are the Kenites who came from Hamath, the father of the house of Rechab. Before I begin, let me apologize if I just butchered a lot of those names. I did my very best, but it is a lot of reading names that are difficult to pronounce in English, so bear with me on that. So we end Second Kings and the line of kings for what we used to call the nations of Israel and Judah, which no longer exist at this point of the Bible. Now, just for clarity, as we go through more of the Old Testament, it's not going to be in chronological order. 
So we're going to be jumping around chronologically throughout our time in the rest of the Old Testament. Chronologically, Ezra and Nehemiah, that around that time period, were the final chronological books of the Bible. The rest of them are going to be prophets and psalms and things that were around during the times of the kings. So just for clarification, that's the Bible is not a storybook from beginning to end. It will jump around a little bit. So we end the reign of the kings with Josiah being the last good king of Judah. And the judgment that God had in store for Judah was postponed. He was furious with Manasseh. Again, we had a debate about that last time, that he destroyed Judah because of Manasseh, because he let Hezekiah have 15 more years of life. And if he had not given Hezekiah those 15 more years of life, then Manasseh would never have been born. And in this way, Judah would have been spared. But would it really have been spared? No, because if we see that after Josiah, the problem will continue to happen. Manasseh was the worst king that they ever had, no doubt. But you saw that after Josiah, all the other kings were evil too. It's in our very nature to be evil. And it was in the nature of these kings to carry on this evil legacy. There probably would have been, if hypothetically God had not done that, there may have been some good kings sprinkled in there, but at the end of the story, realistically, we would have had a line of evil kings. So either way, God would have pronounced judgment over Judah anyway because they had not kept his covenant. And after all the consequences he put upon them, and they still didn't respond, his final saying, which he also put in the law of Moses, was that he would remove them from his sight, like we talked about before, a divorcing of kind. And so, since Josiah was so zealous for the Lord, and he desired to do nothing but please him, you see that he went on a crusade, to destroy every evil thing that existed in the land of Israel. And he did well. You even read about things that were still around since the time of Solomon. Like you see in chapter 23, verse 13, the high places which were before Jerusalem, which were on the right of the Mount of Destruction, which Solomon the king of Israel had built. So, they had allowed so much idolatry to exist. Even though there were some good kings in there, and they got rid of a lot of stuff, there wasn't a complete cleansing ever since the time of Solomon. Even though Hezekiah got rid of a lot of stuff during his reign, he didn't get everything. But Josiah did. He was zealous for the Lord, and he set everything as it should have been the whole time. And he renewed their covenant. But what good would that have done? In his time, he saw peace and he saw prosperity until he was killed by the king of Egypt. However, that covenant that the people had made was short-lived. Because as soon as the next king came in, King Jehoahaz, and then his son, Jehoiakim, they were all evil. And so God 
did what he promised he was going to do, and he was going to wipe out Judah. And he used Babylon for this. Assyria, at this point, had now been conquered by Babylon. Babylon was the dominant superpower of its time, and no one could stand in its way. They were so powerful and so widespread. So they took over Judah. Then after the king of Babylon went to himself to go to Judah, he took King Jehoiakim and carried him off to Babylon. And we'll see him again near the end of 2 Kings. And we see that none of Jehoiakim's sons reign on the throne of Judah, as we see the prophet Jeremiah had predicted, which we'll get to him here in, in a month or so. But Jeremiah was also around during the time of Zedekiah, and he had warned Zedekiah that he would see Nebuchadnezzar, yet at the same time his contemporary Ezekiel also prophesied and predicted that Zedekiah would not see Babylon. And it was quite literally he would not see Babylon, because it says that he slaughtered the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes, and then he took his eyes out. So he did not ever see Babylon, technically, but he did go to Babylon. And we see a complete pillaging of the land. Everything in the temple of the Lord was taken out, it was gutted, and it was carried off to Babylon. One thing that does not seem to appear to have been taken, though, was the Ark of the Covenant. And there's a lot of theories about where the Ark of the Covenant actually is. I'm not going to tell you that I know where it is, because I don't. But it, there's some theories out there that it's still in Jerusalem. There's some that say it was underneath the ground in some cave that Jeremiah had hid it somewhere when he escaped. There's some that say that it's still somewhere in the temple, the rubble of the temple, rather. So, I mean, there's a lot of places that we, we think it could be. But at the end of the day, does it really matter? No, it'd be very interesting, and it would be a huge archaeological find, no doubt. But I would have a healthy fear of that thing. Considering what we've seen in the Bible so far, I don't think I would want to touch it, because I would surely die from it. So, I'm okay with not knowing where the Ark is, but you don't see it being carted off to Babylon. So, goes to show it might still be in Israel somewhere. So then, after Zedekiah, the last real king of Judah, gets carted off to Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar props up Gedaliah, who's kind of like a puppet governor. And he was a pretty decent governor. He was a friend of Jeremiah, apparently, and but yet he was assassinated by people who were not really reliable people, and so he got betrayed and was backstabbed. But then we see at the end of 2 Kings that Jehoiakim was released from prison by the son of Nebuchadnezzar, evil Merodach. Now, even though his name starts with evil, doesn't mean he was necessarily evil. That's just his name. And apparently he treated him very kindly. I guess he tried to get favor from the Jews that were there, so they treated Jehoiakim well since they still saw him as like a king in order to 
give him some influence with these captive Jews. That's what is theorized in that particular case. Then we go to the Chronicles. Now, the Chronicles are not going to all be like this. It's going to go more into depth on the actual kings and their exploits, but it's going to start off with all the genealogies, and there's going to be a few chapters of that. So just fair warning, it is going to go through all the genealogies. And what's what I really like about this is it reminds us of a couple of things. We've been seeing a lot of names of enemies of Israel, of territories, and some of these are a good reminder of their origins, right? So we see, for example, the city of Sidon, or the kingdom of Sidon. That was an old kingdom back from when Canaan was around. And if we remember Canaan, the original Canaan, he was the son of Ham. So we're going to see that the Chronicles are just going to be all these different lineages. And some of them are really interesting because we have not seen these lineages before. Some of them, you have to kind of dig deep as to who are these people. But the rest of them are ones that were I thought were very interesting that really expanded. For example, in chapter 2 of First Chronicles, it talks about Boaz being the father of Obed and Obed being the father of Jesse. And this is the first time that we see all the names of David's brothers and sisters, because we don't even know he had sisters, really. I mean, it, it, they were never named. In the Samuels, we only saw the first three brothers named. So it was really interesting to see that. And you also see Caleb. Caleb, being the same Caleb who entered the land with Joshua, we see his lineage, which was never explained before. So that's really neat. And then as we go into the next chapters, we're gonna it's going to jump around a little bit. Because we're going to see in chapter 3, it's going to talk about David's heritage, his descendants, some of them that we didn't even know by name before. And then we are going to see some of the, we're going to backtrack a little bit into the 12 tribe, as well as some other families in the Bible that we'll need to know and be reminded of as well. Like, for example, King Saul, some of his family line is going to be talked about as well. Now, who made the Chronicles? First and Second Chronicles were accredited to be written by Ezra. He's not specifically named in this book, but Ezra has traditionally been assumed to be the author of this. Whoever it was, he used sources in compiling this book, including prophetic records from Samuel, from the book of Isaiah, and other sources, but particularly a source called the Book of the Kings of Judah and Israel. Now, to be clear, this we've already seen this, the Book of the Chronicles and the Book of the Kings. This particular book is not the same thing as First and Second Kings, but it was likely an earlier record. So just to be clear about that. First and Second Chronicles used to be in the Hebrew Bible. It used to be one book. Same with First and Second Kings. And first and second Samuel. They would all be one book of the kings. 
but they for the sake of being easier to read and to uh, study they broke it up into pieces so we'll see where the chronicles are going to take us and again the perspective that we should look at on this is not only historical record but we're going to see things in a different way than we did before because we should have more clarity this time seeing it from God's perspective from a priestly godly perspective as to the intentions of people and seeing an angle of these stories that we did not see before and so it should deepen the understanding of what these kings did as well as the spiritual side of things which i think is extremely important to know because we need to know what motivates people and how god approved or disapproved of different things that happened in these lines so we'll see that as we go through this but that's all i have for today thank you for listening i'm ryan and we'll see you next time take care and god bless you